You are listening to SALT's Teaching Social Justice Podcast. Hi, this is Olympia Duhart with SALT's Teaching Social Justice Podcast. And today I'm joined by Professor Shoshana Crichton from Howard University School of Law. Welcome. Thank you. Tell me what you do at Howard. So I teach legal writing at Howard and I direct Howard's legal writing program. Great. And today I wanted to speak with you about empathy. Do you think this is a great opportunity for us to discuss empathy given the focus on COVID and the issues around racial injustice and the opportunities we have to create change? Absolutely. Um, You know, we at this point have to really just, I mean, our students are going through a lot. Um, And so, you know, we have to let them know that we're there for them, that we see them, we hear them, and they're important to us, and their learning matters. Thank you. Um, Oh, please, go on. Oh, and, you know, at this time, actually, with COVID, with all the anxiety surrounding COVID, you don't know. And then on top of that as well, the racial injustice, we see the protests. And it's not only, I mean, the racial injustice, it's, it's the, we might be mistaken in saying that's only affecting students of color. Um, it affects them more, but it's not only students of color because we're not, we have a very diverse population. And if you look around, a lot of our students, um, they know somebody uh, who is, you know, even if they're not of color, but they know somebody who is, a, they've grown up with somebody who's of color. They may have a parent who's of color or a grandparent or, you know, a friend, an adopted aunt or somebody. And so it affects a lot of people, Um, you know, and for this generation, not only are they um, concerned about, you know, social justice, diversity, um, but they really want to do something about it. And so we have got, we have this obligation to prepare them Um, to become competent lawyers so they can do something about it. Yes, yes. No, I say to them, you know, I am here to support you. Um, Supporting them in law school, it sounds, of course it makes sense and is what we should all be doing, I hope, especially in these really difficult times, but it's so counter to the law school experience so many people have had, where law school has been seen historically as being so competitive and almost a zero-sum game experience. Is it hard for you to try to shift the culture in your classroom? Don't the students have an expectation that this is gonna be a very competitive enterprise? Some do, Um, because they all are thinking, oh my goodness, if I don't get that A, I'll never get that job. And and a lot of them as well, um, they've always had that prize. They've always been told that they're brilliant, and now they're in, this situation where they have other similar brilliant students and so that you have the competition and but then you also try to create an environment where you have some collaboration um, and then where you really just and for the it's easy for I think a lot of students who at first you know they're walking in feeling really brilliant and then they're trying to get accustomed to and knowing that they're brilliant actually um and then they're trying to get accustomed to this new whole world especially in uh, legal writing this new 
language as you know Suzanne Rowe calls it um, and it is um, and then they get frustrated because they're not they don't feel like they're getting it right and it's you know I think it's my job just to say to them it's okay we are learning a new language and we will get there it's not the the important part is not just getting it right off the bat it's just creating a space where we can all make mistakes and we can correct them so by the end of your year um and you go out into your summer internship you've got this you know what you're doing and so you're confident and i think confidence is such an antidote to all this anxiety I think you're right. I hope you're right. <laughs> and you're talking about the experiences in legal writing. Do you find that students are particularly stressed in legal writing as opposed to other courses? I think so. I think for legal writing is probably one of the only classes that they get immediate and timely feedback. Right. Um, for a lot of classes, they don't have, um, they may have a midterm but they don't really know, um, they don't get any grades. So they have the sense of, I am doing well. And especially, you know, if they, they talk in class, they're like, yes, I've got this. But for legal writing, you're grading their papers and you're giving them um, feedback all along. And, you know, they, for, they're seeing, you know, corrections on their paper and they're thinking, oh my goodness, I'm doing something wrong. And this is supposed to be, I mean, this is English. So, and a lot of them, you'll find a lot of Palsai, a lot of history students, a lot of English students. And I think, you know, the hard set are probably the English and the journalism students who are like, we've done this before. So right. why is it so difficult? So I saw you at a, another talk um, and you were talking about equity and inclusion and how that intersects with empathy. What's the responsibility for the law professor uh, thinking about the anxiety we just talked about, thinking about how to be more empathetic and supportive of students, but how does that intersect with our responsibility to promote equity and inclusion in our classroom? Well, we have a responsibility as per the ABA to um, prepare lawyers, competent lawyers, right? It just um, um, for the practice. And of course, we're now in a you know, diverse environment. And so, you know, in our classroom, and we have just students um, just of all of varying abilities, and you can see it in the classroom. And so for us, we've got to make sure that our students are prepared to go out there to do that which, you know, we have certified that or we've said that they are going out there to do. And so um, in terms of equity, uh, we've also got to look at this point and see, okay, what am I doing and how am I doing it? Am I creating, am I not only, because you may not now have not only have to give equal, but you've got to see where your other students are and give a little more. You've mm -hmm. got to get them to that space. Um, Is there a distinction between equity and access and equity and delivery? Oh, Yes. Um, you can say, you know what, I am going to stand here and I'm going to just, um, for example, I'm on Zoom and then I'm going to post all my assignments on Zoom. But then you also have to think about, does every student have internet access and the access that they can download the particular files that, you know, that you are? And so you may have to modify some of your files to see that those students can get them. Um, 
you know, also too, um, how are you delivering your lectures? Mm-hmm. And so you have to think about, you know, your student population. Um, do you require that they have their cameras on at all times? Because some of them may not be comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Um, some, some of them may not be, you know, in a situation where they can actually turn it on. Um, and some may not have the access, the internet access, so they can actually um, have the cameras going at the time. Some of them may not have an updated computer. Um, and so you tend to reach out to your students to see where they are and what is it that they need. I start my class by saying to them, it's important to me that you know that you are okay and that you're okay today. And if you aren't, you just drop me a chat. And if you don't feel like you want to drop me a chat, a private chat, email me and let me know. But that's important to me because if you aren't, you can't learn. And we've talked so much about the benefits for the students, and there are so many benefits. My last question is, are there any benefits to the instructor? Does the professor gain by, by adopting an empathetic uh, commitment to equity and inclusion in his or her classroom? Absolutely. Because one, um, your students learn better. Um, no, and not, well, all your students learn better. And so you're creating an environment, a learning environment where with access for all your students, not just some students. Because again, if a student doesn't feel like his or her voice is heard or appreciated, that student may just check out. You are not doing, you're not preparing that student to be a competent attorney. Because of course, parts of the things that you say will probably just go over because in their mind, they're not listening to me. I don't belong in this class. And that's not the environment that you want to create. And also, too, uh, when you create that environment of inclusion, um, there's a lot that you learn from your students as well because now they're open. open. And the the additional voice that, you know, you're hearing, um, you're getting information from all different sites because now they feel that they can actually participate. And that's good for you. Um, because you're learning different things from your students. And so you can now rest assured that, you know, here are students that you're actually helping to prepare that will go, that will go out and that will do great things in the world. Um, and isn't that everyone's dream? <laughs> it is, and it should be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for spending this time with us today. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me.